moment, it does mean that during Australia's summer, the busiest tourist period for, for, Chinese, for Chinese tourists, um, uh, the, uh, the number of tourists coming into the country has essentially dropped to zero. Um, and so that has an enormous impact on, on, uh, on, on parts of the Australian economy and even uh, a greater impact for those countries, especially in Southeast Asia, that have high exposure to Chinese tourists. Michael, thank you very much for talking to us this morning and do stay safe up there. That's Michael Norris, Research and Strategy Manager at Agency China. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. And one last look at the markets now. The, uh, the Hang Seng currently uh, looks like it's going to open about 40 or 50 points lower. The Nikkei 225 in Japan, 1.1% lower. And the Cosby in South Korea is down 0.4% at the moment. That's it for me this morning. Uh, do please stay tuned. Back check coming up with Hugh Chiverton and Mike Rouse right after uh, the 8.30 news. Let me give you an update on the weather forecast for this morning. Fine and dry, cold in the morning. The maximum temperature is going to be around 16 degrees during the day. And the outlook is for it to be mainly fine and dry with cold mornings in the next couple of days. The temperatures are going to rise gradually in the latter part of this week. Several weather warnings have enforced the cold weather warning the EU red fire danger warning and the strong monsoon signal all in force this morning. It's 11 degrees right now, 58% relative humidity. It's gone 8.31. Here's Samantha Butler with the half-hour news. The death toll from the mainland's coronavirus epidemic has jumped past 1,700 after 100 more people died in hard-hit Hubei province. The province also reported over 1,900 new cases. The increase ends a three-day consecutive decline in new cases. Total cases there have now passed 70,000. The latest figures came as the head of the World Health Organization said international experts had arrived in Beijing and had had their first meeting with their Chinese counterparts. Hubei authorities, meanwhile, have imposed more restrictions on people banning private transport in the province. Ten more Hong Kong people have been infected with the coronavirus on the Diamond Princess cruise ship, taking the total to 21. Over 350 people have contracted the disease on the ship, which is now quarantined at Yokohama in Japan. About 400 American passengers have been evacuated to return home to face quarantine there. Forty Americans who were infected will remain behind in Japan to receive medical treatment. American traveller Gay Quarter said she was eager to get off. I do not feel safe on this ship. I don't know how more of us who've been sitting here for 12 days are getting contaminated, but something is going wrong. This is a failed quarantine. But I think we have figured that out in the first few days when the numbers kept rising. Japan's economy has suffered its worst quarterly contraction in more than five years at the end of 2019 after a tax hike and typhoons. The nation's gross domestic product in the three months to December shrank 1.6% from the previous quarter before the novel coronavirus outbreak in China hit Japan. A court in Germany has ordered the US-based electric car maker Tesla to suspend preparations for its first European factory in Germany. Environmentalists say the factory is a threat to local wildlife and water supplies. Here's the BBC's Grant Ferret. Tesla had been racing ahead with its preparations on the first 90 hectares of the vast site at Grünheide, not far from Berlin. In the past few days, large tracts of forest had been cleared. The court decided that work was going so quickly that it might be over before any ruling could be made on environmental challenges unless it was stopped immediately. 
Some German politicians have warned that a lengthy delay could undermine the country's ability to attract foreign investment. The factory is a central part of Tesla's global expansion plans. You're listening to the news on RTHK. And welcome to Back Chat. I'm Hugh Chivert and your co-host today is Mike Rouse. Mike, good morning to you. Good morning, Hugh. On the programme today, we're following up on uh, different aspects of the COVID-19 situation. For example, how are foreign domestic helpers in Hong Kong coping with the situation? What psychological impacts do social distancing bring to our community? And for a change, after nine o'clock, we're going to be looking at the opening of part of the new Shartin to Central link. How will that help relieve passenger flow on the East Rail and Kuantong line? What it mean for Maran Chan? When will the rest be ready? Let us know your thoughts. You can leave the message on our Facebook page. As either, that's Backchat and RTHK Radio 3. Or you can email us, backchat at rthk.hk. Or you can give us a call. And our telephone number is 233-88266. 233-88266. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, joining us for the... The first part of the uh, programme this morning, uh, we have uh, Mahi Leclerc, who's uh, Head of Business Development at uh, Helper's Choice, and Dr Adrian Lowe, who's a Chartered Psychologist and President of the Hong Kong Association of Psychology. Hong Wing Tak joining us after the news um, at nine. Uh, before we get to uh, our first issues today, here's a, here's a few uh, emails. We'll, we'll get to some more after the news at nine o'clock as well, I think. Um, Mary says, re-listeners' comments last Friday, the performance or rather lack of of Hong Kong Post in recent weeks is yet another example of how dysfunctional and out of touch our government has become. This service has recorded numerous annual operating losses because its management did not have the foresight to accept that while traditional postal services are on the decline, online shopping is booming. With its established network and physical presence, it had a clear advantage, but allowed competitors to gain advantage and market share. The current crisis and demand for delivery of face masks and hygiene products from overseas was an opportunity for Hong Kong Post to prove it's still a relevant player, while boosting revenue at the same time. Unfortunately, instead of recognising that it should be providing essential emergency service in times of crisis, it chose to go missing in action. That's uh, Mary's take. Uh, And uh, Martin says the Centre for Health Protection announced yesterday, uh, this was on uh, Thursday, I think, that the winter flu season has ended. Uh, During this period, 113 adults died of influenza and no deaths from children were recorded and asked the health expert if he could give some context to this number in comparison to the coronavirus. That's uh, from Martin. We don't have a health expert uh, today, but next time we do, I will definitely (laughs) put that point to him, Martin. Thank you very much indeed uh, for that. And um, let's talk about uh, social distancing, uh, maybe. Uh, A thoughtful uh, email, as ever, from uh, Mr Tang. Uh, who says, uh, given that there is currently neither cure nor vaccine for the coronavirus, the threat of a possible community outbreak remains huge. Therefore, citizens have no choice but to heed experts' advice and practice social distancing. It basically means avoiding contact with other people as far as possible. So it's common to see pedestrians keeping a distance from one another on the streets, especially in the new territories. Yet in Kowloon or on Hong Kong Island, where land is hard to come by, it's difficult for people not to rub shoulders with one another in a crowded street. In indoor venues such as shopping malls, restaurants or shops... 
Customers often find themselves jostling one another, thus raising the risk of infection. It's also an established fact that putting on a face mask might give us some but not full protection against the coronavirus. We should remain alert at all times, as masks may give us a false sense of security. My experience seems to suggest that people are talking less often now, and some residents in my building tend to avoid going into a lift with more than three people in it. That comes uh, from Mr Tang. Uh, Adrian Lowe, good morning to you. Hello. Hi, good, good morning. Hi, thank you very much indeed for, for, for joining us today. So we wanted to talk to you a little bit about uh, social distancing. This is also inspired by, by a message that we got uh, uh, in, uh, in, in, in back chat and the, the impact. Um, yes. You know, Hong Kong is a very, very sociable place. We like doing things as a group, eating or, yep. you know, uh, hiking or whatever it is. We, we like to do it kind of en mm-hmm. masse. Uh, and so I guess social distancing goes against that, doesn't it? Have, have you? Right. What, what's your experience? What are your observations about what's happening uh, now? Especially right now in this current epidemic, you can see that uh, there are reasons why we are doing this uh, for a medical reason, right? But um, psychologically, I think the effects of social distancing may also promote uh, negative stereotypes and assumptions. And it will generate lots of, you know, uh, what we call the in-group and out-group biases. Right and and although um, sorry, how although, would that, Dr. La, how would that manifest itself? Yes, and you can you can see that um, especially those people who are uh, cor- being quarantined, whether it's uh, voluntarily or imposed quarantine, right? You know, they um, they are actually very fearful. You know, they're fear they're probably fearful of the uncertainty of the future, uh, or they do have thoughts. You know, thoughts like whether they get better or maybe the way they get worse and even to the extent of losing their lives. And that actually, from a psychological standpoint, it leads to even more, uh, it's a vicious cycle in a way that they have uh, even more worry. Or in a psychological standpoint, we say that it's a chronic worry that's even worse. Right. And it will cause us physiological inflammation of their immune system. It weakens. Oh. And, and, and that sounds I bad. Think, it sounds like taking something yes. almost from a, an invented world into the real world. Yes, and, and if they're worrying more, if their immune system weakens, maybe chances of getting the virus even higher, even if they didn't have the virus initially. Right. So this is, what about people who've been um, in quarantine? Are they worried when they come out that their friends might discriminate against them? Definitely, definitely. And actually, I think if we look at the past experiences of uh, previous epidemics, uh, people who are quarantined, you know, they actually receive threats. Uh, threat examples that maybe the house are going to be burned down, you know. Um, I mean, this is the, the most extreme cases. But imagine if they're having such extreme cases, um, the, the less extreme ones may be negative messages, right. negative, uh, uh, um, negative um, gestures, you know. And, and just these will just add in to the, to the um, large extent of the worry. I find, I find some of the comments that we're hearing on the news not frankly not very helpful i mean doctors say you you shouldn't be within say two meters of of someone and that and that's a sort of safe range and there are people quoted on the news earlier this morning saying oh this this center is much too close to us it's it's 20 meters away there's a quite a difference between two meters and 20 meters yes yes so they, they are trying to formulate some kind of uh, rigid rules, isn't it? And I think all these are all adding the pressures, you know, from a psychological standpoint. And where should people go if they've got symptoms? If there are no clinics where you can go 
if you think you might have it, I want to, I want to check. There's That's also right. there's also a case reported in the uh, Hong Kong Standard about about a dispute on a, on a bus. You were reading that, Mike. I was reading on a bus because the reason, Doctor, I got to declare an interest here. I still haven't worn a mask during <laughs> during this outbreak. Um, I'll be getting on the minibus in a minute and on the MTR again. But this p- passenger uh, got on a bus and was then told by the driver, "Oh, you you've got to wear a mask." And and he said, well, no, I don't. There's no such thing in the bus company's regulations. And then other passengers joined in. Are, are we going to see more and more disputes like this? Um, uh, you can see that. I mean, you can see that the um, this uh, symptoms of uh, people are getting more and more. You know, beca- uh, forming rules and uh, more and more people following the rules. And this is, in psychological standpoint, we call it uh, what we call groupthink behavior. You know, where there's a desire for everyone to conform to some kind of standards. And these standards are always changing. Um, so someone might set up a new standard, say, hey, we have to be distance 100 meters, right? Yeah. And, and, you know, people would, would just start to conform to that, you know. And it's all, it's all out of panic and anxiety and fear. Right. Because yeah, the World Health Organization advice, and which most medical experts seem to, is that if you don't have any symptoms... Um, you can't pass. You you don't need to wear a mask. Uh, you don't, or you need to. You don't need to. Or you don't need to. That's the World Health Organization advice. Right. So, but you're. I think the point you're making is that p- people become irrational after a yes. point and start inventing yes. their own standards. Yes, that's true. How do we get out of that? Now, um, I think uh, some of my recommendation for the general public is that um, although um, we have to first of all acknowledge that, hey, we are all in this together. Yeah, uh, we acknowledge the commonality in this crisis. And we are all struggling with fear, right? Uh, and, and knowing that we may be triggering each other, you know. So this is the very first step of the knowledge. Um, and that's the first way to manage our anxieties. We name the fear. And sometimes we even uh, pause ourselves, you know, before we give our responses. And another another uh, suggestion is uh, we should also um, uh, participate in the resource sharing. You know, resources such as the mask, the rice, the tissue papers, rather than dividing the community. And and if, and if the basic needs itself is uh, being torn apart, this even leads to even more um, groupthink behavior, right? Mm-hmm. And another recommendation is we should respect one another. And we can, obviously, we can talk our fears and discomfort and anxieties to one another. But we have to be sensitive whether the topic may project or escalate the fear and anxiety into our friends and even our family. So I think uh, uh, one of the practical ways is we always uh, uh, have sensitivity in our listening and uh, respect. If they prefer not to engage in such topics, we should refrain from discussing them. And... um, and I think another aspect is uh, we see lots of people venting their air over social media, right? <laughs> and and this actually adds to even more additional stress and tension, you know, to their social circle and and the larger population in Hong Kong and even in Asia and even over the world. So, um, and I think a lot of time we have to, you know, practice um, uh, fact check also because we have mm-hmm. to watch out for fake news and, and not to, you know, be over reactive, you know, based on what we see or hear. 
That's right. And this issue of credibility <laughs> is very important, isn't it? Mike, That's Mike right. can, can I ask you, okay, yeah. if, you're, if you're in a group of people in, in Hong Kong and everyone's wearing a mask but yep. not you, yep. doesn't it, isn't it just the decent thing to wear a mask? Because no, other it's, people... the, it's the weak thing. It's the mentally it doesn't matter weak whether, thing. I don't care if it's weak or not. It's a decent thing because other people are worried and it shows respect to them and if I'm, you wear a mask. No, they're, they're worried but they're, they're taking false courage from wearing a mask. If you've got the symptom, if I have a cold or flu, okay, but it's, I will it's up to you to say whether it's false I, courage I will, or not. I will definitely put on a mask. Mm. No, it's up to experts, medical experts, and the medical experts in the World Health Organization say you should wear a mask if you have the symptoms and can pass these droplets on to others. If you don't have the symptoms and can't get those droplets on to others, what, what use is it wearing a mask? I guess the contrary argument would be but these, these are a group of people and you, know, you, know, you have a sort of social link with them and so to respect them, you wear a mask that's the because argument that's what they that want. Was used, <laughs> that was the argument used in Macau where, on, where I went on Friday, uh, where the government is very, very, very simple. If you take public transport, you must wear a mask. Full stop. That's the law. Mm. Okay, if that law is enacted in Hong Kong, I promise to wear a mask. Uh, okay, Adrian Lowe, whose side are you on <laughs> in this? Um, I, I think um, um, although there is a pressure for, um, as I mentioned, the group conformity, um, but I think at the same time we should also keep our rational side of it where, and we should always uh, have a self-criticism, I mean, be, cri be critical in whatever we do in a rational way. Right. Um, so you're you're when, agreeing with Mike? <laughs> um, I, I, don't I don't chicken that, out, Doctor Low. Stand your <laughs> no, ground. There, stand your ground. No, there, there are definitely advantages and disadvantages of wearing masks, right? So if you if, and if, but however, I think if wearing a mask causes a person to be um, to to not to be functioning in a um, in appropriate manner. Then I think that is something we should be self-critical of, you know. Um, but but obviously, wearing a mask has its medical standpoint as well, right? To to uh, uh, prevent uh, the virus from spreading from one person to another, as, yeah. as what you mentioned. Yes. Okay. Well, also with us, as I mentioned, is uh, Mahi Liklag, Head of Business Development at uh, Helper's Choice, uh, an organisation which last week uh, published the results of a, of a survey on, on how foreign domestic workers are coping with this situation uh, in Hong Kong and their particular uh, problems. Uh, good morning to you. Thank you for joining us. Uh, what were you looking at? What, what do you think is on the minds of domestic helpers facing the situation in Hong Kong? Well, uh, we just wanted, like, making a study, we wanted to see how the virus was uh, affecting their uh, both personal life and also work. Um, I think from, like, what we've seen in the study and also some domestic workers that was talking to last week, that um, they actually have way more work than they used to have before because school was cancelled. So the ones taking care of children have a lot of work at home. And also one of their main worries is that during the, the labor department uh, advised them to stay home on their rest day. And as you know, they live at their employer's home. So the thing is, it's isolating them even more socially, but also some employers ask them to work a little bit. Uh, right. Well, yeah. There's more to do. I, I, I think my sympathy here is, is with the helpers. This, is, this has got to be a triple whammy. Uh, for them. On the one hand, there's a lot more work to do. People want to uh, lay out mats at the front door uh, which covered with disinfectant so that people coming in from outside don't make the place dirty. There's more cleaning to do. People are being more careful 
and so on, washing everything twice. So there's more work, definitely. And as you mentioned, with children at home, because there's no school, um, the helpers are going to be uh, have more duties to perform. And then on their, on their day off, um, I, I'm struck, I'm not sure who gave the advice to stay at home. It was well, the, that was the government. Yes, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, 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 actually, our, our helper goes out hiking, and I think that's an extremely sensible thing for her to do. She gets some fresh air, and uh, and she's uh, away, and she gets some good exercise. Yeah, exactly. Because you have to think that they already are like far away from their families. Uh, they their only way together with their friends, in, like is in like public places on their rest day. So if they can't even go out, it's very uh, frustrating for them. And, and what about if, if they go back to a country like the Philippines for a short break? Are they now all being um, quarantined for two weeks? So the thing is, there is a travel ban in the Philippines at the moment. So the ones that are currently in Hong Kong, they can, like, legally, they can go back. They can't go back. No. They can. They, they can, can go back, but they come back to Hong Kong. Citizens. But the thing is, um, the, most of the airlines um, cancel the flight. So some of them are actually stuck in Hong Kong. And on the other way around, the ones that went to the Philippines on holidays just before the ban cannot come back to Hong Kong. So I I think the government has had some flexibility on on, uh, contract arrangements. Is that right? Because of that? Yes. Um, So for the ones that are are finishing their contracts um, before the 31st of March, they can extend it to May if both the helper and the employer agree. All right, so that's at least a little bit of flexibility there. That's, yeah. that's, what, what is your advice to the, to the helpers on their day off? Do you encourage them to follow the government advice and stay home, or you tell them to get out and get some fresh air? Well, I think it's um, important for them to follow the guidelines, but also the thing is they should actually discuss it with their employers uh, because at the end of the day, uh, they all live together, so I guess communication is the most important. What I think is that the employer has to take into account that she's working way more than she used to, and she's probably more stressed with the current situation, so also they should provide them with face masks and sanitizers um, because they live with them, right? And also, uh, they should make sure that even if she decides to stay at home, she should enjoy 24 hours rest day and not like if there's some dishes to do like some taking taking care of the kids if she's on a rest day and they ask her to stay indoor she should be able to just rest that's the most important right so make sure she's rested for the for the week to come um, I think we're also looking at uh, fake news or sort of uh, rumours and things that were going around social media that were uh, favoured by uh, domestic helpers what, what did you find there Mr Collect? Oh, yeah, so we actually, because we were following a lot of domestic helpers, communities, groups in Facebook, and I think, like, a lot, a lot of fake news are circulating. Like, something I saw last week was about to cure the coronavirus, you need to boil eight garlic. Boil what? <laughs> which, which makes no sense. So I think it's very important to double-check the sources. Um, for example, Help a Choice, we tried to post as much as possible uh, about... Um, sanitary precautions or like we also we check all the news before we post them but also for helpers coming from the philippines or indonesia they can follow their consulate facebook page usually there are very useful informations there so you always double check the information and like the employers should always communicate with them to make sure that everyone is on the same page all right just just taking a contrary view at the moment before we get 
lots of emails. One argument that employers might have and might support the government's position is if you're out meeting lots of your fellow helpers uh, not wearing masks, uh, if one of them is infected, you could be spreading it among all, all your fellow helpers. Yeah, well, it's, it's sure that it's a risk. I mean, not only the helpers are staying more at home right now. I think everyone in Hong Kong is taking more precautions and trying to avoid going outside as much as before. Um, but, I mean, I understand that if they're gathering to public places, there might be a risk. But as you mentioned, like things like hiking, even like everyone in Hong Kong is kind of doing it at the moment, even with the current outbreak. So I think it's important to discuss the risks and the sanitary precautions. But apart from that, they should still be able to, you know, take a walk outside or meet with one of two people. What, what, what do you think employers could do to best support foreign domestic helpers? Well, I think they should take into account the current situation, uh, the work that she has to do, um, the stressful situation as well. Um, I think they should, um, you know, make sure that she feels all right, discuss the, situ- like, discuss the situation, um, discuss the precautions to take, and make sure that she has maybe more rest than she used to have before, uh, especially on the rest day. Okay, so if anything, give them, give them less work if possible. Okay, uh, uh, Dr. Lowe, um, you, you know what? What do you think about what about people on their own or people uh, who po- possibly don't have the sort of extended social and family ties that most people in Hong Kong have? Um, are, are they particularly vulnerable? You know, in a situation like this in Hong Kong, uh, I th- I think um, uh, it's all about um, managing their um, frustrations and emotions. You know, um, and. I would say that if they are able to regulate their emotions uh, properly, appropriately, um, then they will be less vulnerable. Um, For for instance, as you mentioned, uh, some of the domestic helpers, they feel frustrated, right? So they might go for hiking in a way to regulate them. But if it's not regulated properly, because from a psychological standpoint, emotions can be escalated. It might become anger uh, if it's not regulated properly. And anger leads to, uh, in a higher case, would be a revengeful. And and if that's not taken care of properly, it might lead to hopelessness, and the worst extent is uh, depression. I've noticed depression. I noticed a number of a number of the churches have stopped holding their services, and I know that uh, domestic helpers are very keen attendees on on Sunday. Right, right. Uh, yes. are, are they? Are they? Do you think they're missing the 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 gathering yes. together and singing? Yep. Definitely, definitely, because because uh, the social aspects uh, in the physical, uh, what we call the physical space between them, actually, uh, from a psychological standpoint, provides them the, a sense of calmness and belonging. You know, uh, but now that is all uh, uh, all substituted by online um, uh, sessions. You know, um, but but I would I would also argue that. Uh, to attend it online is even better than not attending, right? right. So, so, if, so right now I, I also see there's a trend for uh, not just for churches, even in the uh, psychological uh, centers uh, where they provide counseling, they're now providing online counseling. Uh, and if, uh, and I would also recommend if people uh, in general, if they need uh, uh, they need psychological support, they can look for like online counselors, or even uh, some of the uh, counselors they are able to. Um, go to door-to-door visits, you know, and obviously they'll be wearing masks and make sure everything is um, 
uh, is following the, the rules of the government it, in terms of sanitization and stuff. Right, but listening to prayers and hymns on the radio or, or through Facebook or something on the computer, yes. it's not the same, is it? You're, you're missing the, the companionship. Uh, there's also, yes. there's, there's also the, all the kinds of social networks that you have at, at work uh, or at yep. school, uh, and they're all curtailed, aren't they? The people yes. are at home quite often with their family or something and maybe yes they are they're losing what we call the oxytocin chemical you know in the brain (laughs) without the the uh the reality of the the social aspects Well, okay. Well, uh, Dr. Lowe, thank you very much indeed for joining us, Adrian Lowe, the uh, British uh, uh, charter, UK chartered uh, psychologist, president of the Hong Kong Association of Psychology, and thanks to Mahi Leclerc, who's head of business development at uh, Helpers Choice. Thank you very much indeed uh, for for joining us. We're uh, mostly talking about a different topic uh, after the news uh, at nine about the opening of the uh, new train line. But we've got a lot of emails picking up on on different threads connected to the uh, virus at the moment. Uh, here's one from Andrew F. Who says uh, how to wash your hands. At the height of the protests last year, the government eschewed social media, instead asked making use of that most powerful modern-day communication tool, radio, to get its message across. Stop being ironic, Andrew. Uh, he says, a powerful and pl- ad played daily before and after back chat, encouraging us to, quote, treasure Hong Kong our home. However, even as a 30-year, 30-year Hong Kong resident, if I'm honest, I struggled to relate to the ad. I've never woken to the sounds of neighbours laughing gently. It's more been the hammer drilling from their 7am urgent kitchen renovations. Similarly, when I step outside my front door, while I'm often deafened by a taxi horn war, the distant ding-ding of the tram I'm not really picking up. And while stepping into the street, I do smell something. Sadly, I'm pretty sure it's not pineapple buns. With the coronavirus now, the government's top priority, that ad has been supplanted by a new... Uh, equally powerful one instructing us how to wash our hands using soap apparently and rubbing our hands together under running water i'm beginning to wonder if the government is actually trolling us and <laughs> singing happy birthday oh, to make sure that you twice I wash think, them for, yes yeah. wash them for long enough okay well we're going to go, go back to uh, your emails uh, and as i say the uh, mtr issue after the news uh, at nine before that the uh, weather and it's uh, cold fine and dry there's a cold weather warning a red fire danger warning and a strong monsoon signal 11 degrees at the moment the Relative humidity now at 52%. Back in three minutes' time. Sentencing of a friend of President Trump. In an open letter, the former lawyers condemned Mr Barr for withdrawing a recommended prison sentence on Roger Stone. He was convicted last year of lying to Congress. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Mike, this is Back Chat on a Monday morning with Mike Rouse and uh, me, Hugh Chiverton, our current affairs phone-in programme. And our telephone number, if you want to do that, is 233-88266. We've got a call and we'll get to her in uh, a moment. You can also email backchat at rthk.hk. We'll do our best to read out your messages. Or you can go to our Facebook page as well. That's Back Chat and RTHK Radio 3. A lot of kind of threads, a lot of uh, kind of uh, angles on uh, the issue of the uh, of the coronavirus uh, at the moment, um, Tom 
on uh, Facebook. Uh, you can read for yourself. He says, great news this week. The precautions everyone has been taking are working and there's only been a trickle of new coronavirus cases in Hong Kong. The next challenge is where to quarantine the 2,000 returning evacuees from Wuhan and Japan. Could we propose the government do a power sharing arrangement with the pandems and pass them the responsibility of deciding where to build quarantine centres? There appears to be a yellow NIMBY tiger in every back garden in Hong Kong. Maybe the pandems would like a go at tiger taming. That comes uh, from Tom. Uh, and some uh, picking up on uh, the issue of uh, the mask wearing. Uh, we haven't got a doctor with us um, today, not, not a medical doctor. We'll, we'll try and get one another day. Um, but there are, it, I have to say, different views about wearing a mask. Um, uh, Alan says, uh, in reference to the discussion of wearing masks on public transport, you may not have the virus, but surely not wearing a mask could also increase the chances of getting it, which could in then spread in turn could then spread it through the community. So I agree with the doctor. We are in this together. Let's help to protect each other. Come on, Team Hong Kong. That comes uh, from Alan. G says, during SARS, I did not wear a mask. However, I do now wear a mask when taking public transport, even though I have no symptoms of cold or flu. The medical experts tell me that one can be affected, infected but asymptomatic. For bus drivers, they are basically in a confined space and exposed to people who may or may not have been infected. So to alleviate their concerns, I think it's only right to wear a mask when taking a bus. Tram drivers are OK as there is a good blast of supposedly fresh air with the open windows on either side of the front of the tram. As for the WHO, they seem to be behind the curve. We should act according to local circumstance. That uh, take from G... Uh, uh, Mike, meanwhile, says, I agree with Mike. That's you, Mike. Well Ralph, done. Not Mike's have got to stick together. Uh, it is scientifically correct. Any virus will penetrate the normal blue, white, pink masses, masks as if it was not there. Cross-contamination prevention is for the active carrier spreading to others. I think... That, uh, OK, let's ask this question. The, the point about the, the virus penetrating the masks... Uh, is um, my, my understanding is that because the, 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 the virus is in a droplet and the surgical masks uh, repel, that's why you have the three-ply thing, uh, they, they, they uh, don't prevent but they hinder the droplet from passing into your, into your system. Uh, and so it's not a question of the size of the virus, it's a question of the size of the droplet and masks are partially successful in repelling that. That's my understanding. Please, I'm not a doctor. Far from it, um, if anyone knows better. We'll see if we can get a doctor on tomorrow. Anyway, Bowen says, Dear Bankchat, it's pretty difficult to come up with succinct advice or make a succinct argument for that matter which applies across the board in the current ongoing discussion, I suppose. That's uh, with the question, what distance can the virus travel? The suggestion of keeping six feet from others was first made by Dr. Yun Kwok Yung, I believe. That's presumably based on the ability of the virus to infect through droplets. But if we're talking about the virus being carried about by air currents generated by fans, for example, as suspected to have happened in the case of the hot pot diners, it could travel longer distances. If the virus is truly capable of being airborne, for which we still do not have a definitive answer, the virus could travel even longer distances, maybe 20, 30 feet. 
That's what I've heard. That comes uh, from Bowen. Thank you very much Who indeed for that. Also not a doctor, I suppose. Uh, who's, who's also uh, not a doctor, no. Uh, and uh, maybe one more uh, uh, email from Kim, who says, uh, the world will not get to hear about all these heroic and selfless acts of ordinary Chinese citizens in the Western media and RTHK, because the Western media only want people to think that Chinese people are inferior to them, with the Wall Street Journal publishing outrageously racist headlines, such as China is the real sick man of Asia. They will not report on everyday brave acts of Chinese citizens who try to help to fight the coronavirus outbreak in their own ways, with videos to prove what they did. An elderly woman who lives alone, who insisted on giving thousands of dollars of donations to the local police. A young nurse who didn't tell her parents she had volunteered to work in Wuhan, and when she found out her father cried for the first time in 22 years because he was proud of her. A patient in a hospital who voluntarily and quietly handed the trash at the back of the hospital to lessen workload of hospital staff, who found out later it was him who had been doing it. A 22-year-old man who volunteered to handle logistics and transport of Wuhan Hospital, driving medical staff to work, driving bodies of deceased patients to the morgue. If you are human, you should have compassion and support that effort, instead of exploiting the crisis to spread racism and fear against any nation, including China. That comes from Kim. Kim, thank you very much indeed for that. Bankchat at rthk.hk is our email address. We've got a caller on the line now, our number 233 uh, Geraldine, I think. Geraldine, good morning. Yes, uh, good morning. Um, I'm ringing because I really would like to know if anybody can tell me why there is such a run on toilet paper and, and why have we gotten into such a ridiculous situation where there's absolutely none on the shelves? Personally, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I need packets and packets and packets stacked up in a, in a bedroom. Uh, I can, I can answer paper. that, Geraldine. The, the world's gone mad. Uh, absolutely, is, is short absolutely. Answer. I, I've, um, I've seen an example very recently in Robinson Road where... A park and shop, am I allowed to mention? Yes, a particular supermarket chain lorry turned up and all it carried was toilet rolls. Uh, yes. The whole vehicle was full of toilet rolls and uh, I, la I laughed. When I got home a couple of minutes later, I said I'd just seen a lorry full of toilet rolls and immediately the, the helper was dispatched to buy some. Um, and when she got there, they'd all gone. So. Yes. So it doesn't matter. I guess you've got to follow the, the supermarket lorries around the place and as soon as they well, open the door, jump and get some. The, yes, that's the other, other question I'd like to know why. Uh, there are caravans of cars and vans going around to the different supermarkets and especially in Cyclone where we, we're sort of at the end of the line of deliveries and right. certainly have never seen a, a, a truckload of toilet paper or anything else, um, they, on Saturday, it was just horrendous. They were blocking the road that leads off Clearwater Bay Road down to the front of the supermarket or super inconvenience store, as I call it, um, and it was just bedlam. Yes. They, they rush, they park all over the road, over the footpath, block the entrances, and then rush in to grab the bits and pieces that they want, i.e. bleach, toilet paper, hand sanitizers, these sort of things that everybody is looking for. And then uh, they're only supposedly allowed two of each item. But when you go there, when you try to get into the store, they push and shove you. You can't get anywhere near it. I've, I've experienced it, and 
and just shouted out, oh, my God, it's World War Three!" I didn't know. Somebody should have told me. Right. It, it is totally ridiculous, and I don't understand why the stores are not doing something and about it, people, why the police yeah. are not doing something about people it. People coming out of the store with a year's supply of toilet paper. I think part of the problem was on social media. There were stories spread that the factories in the mainland were being converted to mask production instead of toilet paper production, and therefore there would be a, a shortage. And that, that, that's the sort of story. That, that's why you've got to check the news for fake news. Yes. I think, well, but, but Geraldine, have, Geraldine, yes. uh, aren't people buying up uh, toilet paper because everyone else is buying up toilet paper? Well, uh, we, <laughs> we can all be lemons, can't we? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but that's the reality. Seriously. I think I know um, that. I think I even know the shop you're talking about. Actually, yeah, and I've been yeah. in there, and and I didn't intend to buy toilet paper, but then there's a line of people buying up toilet paper, and so um, and so, uh, I'm I'm thinking, oh my god, I better buy some toilet paper. <laughs> oh no, no, there isn't any left, or maybe I should go somewhere else to buy toilet paper. It's infectious, well, isn't it? Can I make a suggestion of what we used to do during the war? If you did, you know, in those days there wasn't any toilet paper, but you, if you had newspaper available, you could cut it into small squares and you could use that. Perhaps we could take some of the so-called newspapers that we have in Hong Kong and use those as toilet paper and, and block off perhaps even the sewage system and, and maybe the government will get its finger out and do something about the whole situation. Um, certainly, I, I don't see them working well as they should be. Uh, having seen the... The hiving system in that uh, apartment block where those people have to live with all the pipes exposed, leaking into their bathrooms. How on earth could any government department be allowed to pass that? How can any developer build it with, with, with a conscience, knowing after SARS that this is what caused a lot of people to lose their lives? Okay. I don't understand the selfishness of Hong Kong. When I came here many, many years ago, people worked together and people were very kind to each other. The neighbours actually were neighbours, not enemies, and, and fearful of everybody that came about. And, and they shared. Nobody shares anymore. It's just revolting now. It's, it's become, I don't know, it's, it's, it's just a, a me place, a selfish place where money leads, money... Uh, you want toilet paper? Okay, you can buy it. Cost me a hundred dollars, but you can have it three hundred dollars, maybe five hundred dollars. This sort of attitude is really sick. It's really sick. Okay. And, and seriously, we have to think about how we're behaving ourselves these days. All right, Geraldine, many thanks for your call. Uh, agree or disagree, uh, give us a call, 233-88266. Bye-bye. Thanks for, for, for joining us. We're going to talk to uh, Hung Wing Tat about the new train line in just a moment. So hang on, Wing Tat. Um, John, in an email, the, the, let's, there's a few addressed to you, Mike. So I'm I'll, I'll group, group them all together. Okay. Uh, John, in an email, says, I would question Mike Rouse's lax approach to wearing a mask. Firstly, based on what I've read, the coronavirus can be transmitted by the carrier even before he or she exhibits any symptoms. Secondly, Mike should be aware that on average people touch their face a staggering 3,000 times a day. 
know where that gap comes from. So when Mike is travelling on public transportation, he will inevitably touch handrails, which will often carry germs, and will then subconsciously touch his face, thereby increasing his exposure. By wearing a mask, he would minimise the risk that his hand will make contact with his mouth. So, Mike, play safe and put on a mask. That comes uh, from uh, John in uh, Cowlin. And on Facebook, well, you can you can have a look for yourself and see the, see the comments. Uh, James says, Jesus, Mike, it's a social courtesy that you should wear a mask in public areas when you're in close proximity with others. You can presumably afford to buy a mask. Your arrogance is astounding. You could be asymptomatic. I presume you know the meaning I, of the word. I do word. know the wait, meaning wait, of the wait. word. And John John oh, says, and I am arrogant. Yep. Mick Rouse, how can you tell if someone is sick but doesn't wear a mask? Uh, are you okay to get his virus, I guess? Everyone in Hong Kong should wear it. It helps everyone. Some people are asymptomatic, so okay for you to give them the virus. Uh, okay, that comes from, from John John Mike. The floor is yours. Uh, again, okay. Um, well, if I am not sneezing or coughing, I am not transferring the droplets to you. That's that's my answer. Uh-huh. So even if I am asymptomatic, which I under do understand... I understand, but you can be infectious while I, you're asymptomatic. I could, you're I saying could, you can't be infectious. I can be infectious, but the method in which I pass the infection to you is by coughing and sneezing on you. So you're not infectious. You're not effectively uh, maybe infectious. Maybe I have it, but it, so if we kissed and exchanged bodily fluids... Yes, I will give it to you. I'm not recommending this, Hugh. Uh, <laughs> but if we but were to do something like a, that, then yes... There's an undertone here, Mike. There's an undertone. Then you could, you would get the virus from me, but we're not having that kind of intimate relationship. OK, all right. Agree or disagree? <laughs> give, us, give us a call. Uh, um, let's see. Oh, yeah. Uh, Martin says today at 6 o'clock... 6am, three men armed with knives robbed a parking shop lorry driver of toilet paper worth $1,000 <laughs> as he was unloading the goods in Mong Kok. It's like someone is paying people a lot of money to create shortage of toilet paper and other necessities such as masks because I don't believe people would do armed robbery for $1,000. That comes uh, from Martin. Thank you very much in, yeah. indeed for that. We've got some more emails on, on various topics, but we'll get to perhaps a little bit later. Hong Wintak, good morning to you. Uh, good morning. I hope you're keeping well. Uh, he's a fellow oh, yeah. of the uh, Hong Kong Society for Transportation Studies, former professor of uh, uh, transport studies at, at, at the PolyU. Um, let's talk about a little bit of um, uh, what seems to be good news, the opening of, of uh, finally, this uh, uh, phase one opening of the MTR shot into uh, Central yeah, Link. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, were you out celebrating on, on Friday when, they, uh, when the line opened? Well, I scared going out this day. Yeah, <laughs> you stay home. Avoid the risk. Right. So um, the train. So this goes from Wukai Sha, uh, sort of at the end of the Maran Shan line. It connects that yeah. up uh, through Taiwan, and then there are new stations. So, so it's extended Diamond Hill. Correct me if I'm wrong. Any of this extends Diamond Hill, and then there are new stations uh, in uh, East Kowloon along East Kowloon, which are which are a, a big development, aren't they? Because that's always been an area with very few uh, transport links. Yeah, between Taiwan and uh, Diamond Hill, there's a new station, the Hingping Station. So right. basically they open three new stations. One is the Hingping, second one Diamond Hill extension, Diamond Hill already exists, and the tiny new one is the Kai Tang. 
stage. So that is the phase one. They have opened on the Wallens Highway stage. Right. Now, now, can I understand clearly, Mr. Hong, the, um, you can get on in Wukai Sha and go all the way through to Kai Tak, or you have to change? Because Marsh Shan Line. You don't need to change, it's all the way. You don't need to change. It goes yeah, all the way. You need to change, yeah. It's called the Chun Wun Mao Sun Line. So in the future, when the second phase is in operation, you can go from Wukai Sha all the way to Chun Wun. All right. That is the uh, uh, east uh, west section of the starting central lane. The, the original east rail, which would uh, go through directly Hong Kong to cross the, the harbor and uh, go to Hong Kong Island, the first stop would be exhibition center. Then the, they would terminate at Admiralty. Admiralty would be a huge station then. Yes. Sorry, so you can go from from uh, Wukai Sha to where? Where, where would it go to? Tun Mun. Tun Mun? East, uh, <laughs> west section and north-south section. The north-south section is along the existing East Rail, and all the way goes through the harbour and to Hong Kong Island. Uh, the um, Wukai Sha one would be going to Tun Mun. Right. Well, it's, it sounds like a big step forward then. Um, I think we're going to have to well, travel in the future, on that when they are totally open. Yes. <laughs> we hope that they can, they can open by um, next year, first quarter next year. And actually, I get that they have already uh, competed everything by an average of near approaching 90%. So the uh, most difficult part is actually on the, the exhibition uh, uh, station, right. uh, exhibition centre station at the moment now. What about uh, the, the loading of Admiralty? Because there seem to be so many lines coming in there now and, and still to come. Yeah, it, it is a huge loading and uh, I think uh, they have to sort it out by building another line, uh, the northern shoreline along the Hong Kong Island. Parallel to the island line? Parallel to the island line. It take the loading a little bit out of it. Yeah, I've seen suggestions for that before. What about what about uh, East Kowloon? That's going to make a big difference, isn't it, to East Kowloon? Because that's always kind of been a little bit kind of run down, um, that side uh, of uh, Kowloon. Would you expect... Uh, new developments there? Would you expect the, yeah, that to change? There would be new development. Uh, everybody expected the property value along the line, Kai Park, Song Wong Toy, Topa Wan, Homan Tin. Now, especially Topa Wan, it is a very old uh, uh, area. A lot of um, you know, low-rise building still in Topa Wan. We expect there would be a huge uplift of the property market there. And, uh, of course, we have a big development in Kaita. And everybody can see the size is huge, still under construction. Yeah, the whole of the old runway is covered in cranes, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Um, but there's there only... will be a, another um, circular system. We call it the environmental-friendly system. Either it may be a tram 
or maybe an overhead uh, monorail connecting the old Kaitak one way. Yes, with Kowloon City. Yeah, with Kowloon City and Kuntong as well. Yeah. Uh, it's also going to make a big difference to Maron Shan, isn't it? Because then Maron Shan will have a direct direct connection to uh, uh, to Hong Kong Island and and Kowloon. Oh, definitely on the Maron Shan, the Long Maron Shan line. The, it's much more convenient going out to either Kowloon or Hong Kong Island, but uh, it would be that aside, that useful would be buses, mini buses, uh, even taxi. They would lose a lot of passengers uh, from that line. Mm. Uh, now, uh, of yeah, of course, this line has also been uh, controversial. I mean, it's been you know, there's been the uh, an inquiry into what's been going on certain sections it's, it's extremely expensive uh, uh as well uh you know just kind of stepping back um the mtr you know was was produced you know ahead of schedule and under budget and seemed to be doing great and seemed to have really kind of uh, hit a rock with with this development what are your thoughts on on the on what's been happening with the mtr you know this line caused the um the chief executive design and the, and the chief engineer all pick out the post because of the uh, you know, handling of the uh, construction work there. Of course, there's unexpected difficulties, especially in Songwong Toy Station. They have uh, found some habits of the uh, Song Dynasty and they have to reserve the archaeology site and delay for a whole year. And also Hong Hum Station, um, you know, there's some engineering problem as well. But now they, they uh, fortunately have tackled all those and then have some remedial work to chase the program back. And uh, I think the MTR would need to learn from that experience, the entire This construction so, scandal on the central, uh, Shatin Central Link has been quite a blow to their reputation, I think. Oh, yes, that, that is, uh, I mean, uh, it's a big blow for, for MTRC. Yeah. OK, well, Hung thanks for joining us, uh, fellow of the Royal, uh, so, sorry, fellow of the uh, Hong Kong Society for Transportation Studies, fellow of the Chartered Institute of Logistics and uh, Transport. Many thanks for joining us. Uh, today, uh, just to round off some uh, emails and uh, comments on various issues, as uh, mentioned. 
Doreen says the hospital authority condemned the arson attack at a Chunwan clinic designated for suspected coronavirus patients. Why aren't any of your guests, the Pandems or Boeing, condemning this attack? Comes from uh, Doreen. And uh, Richard has a few uh, emails. Richard says, uh, there is so much important news going on about nowadays, but RTHK chose to waste our time uh, yesterday, that's uh, I think on Saturday, uh, afternoon with the story about an ungrateful selfish witch with a B on the Diamond Princess cruise ship who refuses to be quarantined. Hong Kong is flying her back free, she doesn't want to cooperate and complains, then leave her in Japan or fly her to America where she'll be quarantined for 24 days. Keep our community safe from potential spread spreaders of the virus. Another stellar example of RTHK's free-falling quality of journalism and why funding RTHK News is a waste of our taxpayer money. Uh, he also says, I see the police have filed a complaint with the Director of Broadcasting against a recently aired episode of an RTHK Chinese-language TV show that talks about their protective gear. Naturally, I did not expect RTHK to report this complaint, but if RTHK had a valid criticism of the protective gear used by the police, backed up with solid evidence, I would have given RTHK a pass. Did RTHK run out of bleach and instead use hallucinogenic drugs to disinfect its premises? That could explain why RTHK might have thought a juvenile video pretending to be professional journalism was not a waste of government money and because RTHK will now need to respond to the director of broadcasting, yet more of our hard-earned tax dollars will be flushed down the drain. I think that's referring to a satirical program, uh, not, a, not, not a news report, uh, Richard. No. Richard continues On Friday, the South China Morning Post reported a story about two hero, do about hero doctors from Hong Kong going to China to treat patients. Naturally, RTHK will not mention the work of the real heroes because it would rather cover the shenanigans of a cowardly, despicable, striking HA workers who have put added strain on the already stretched medical systems and colleagues. Of course, given that RTHK has shed all pretense of having any journalistic ethics, with its invitations to people like Gordon Matthews, <laughs> person whose knowledge and credibility may be questionable, but his ability to offend is not, and wasting taxpayer money on its vendettas, for example, against the police, none of this should be surprising. Are you guys deliberately trying to shrink your audience to the point where the only people listening to Bankshot are Drake and Bowen? And <laughs> Richard, obviously. Obviously, and Richard. And Richard. And somebody <laughs> called Mike. <laughs> who's obsessive. <laughs> OK, uh, this is from L, who says the police defended that each of their police officers merely got one surgical mask per day. However, the government's written instruction has only allowed civil servants to use masks supplied by the government in three specific uh, situations. And uh, finally, uh, more uh, emails relating to uh, you, Mike. Yeah. I I'm going to read them, OK, because I think you're... I, love I, mean, I don't want to say thick skin, but I do. You can say thick skin. <laughs> okay. This is from uh, G, who says, Mike, I just heard him cough. Basically, he must have self-control. He never coughs involuntarily. Any temporary irritation can make a person cough or sneeze. And no, I'm not a medic, but I've lived long enough to know a sudden change of environment or temperature can cause a person to sneeze. So Mike is an alien extraterrestrial, as I've always suspected. This comes from G. The point being that you, you might have the virus and you might cough anyway because, you, because people cough. Bowen says, but Mike, with respect, you don't know when you're going to sneeze or cough. You may have been all right before you go out when you're among people. Uh, you may suddenly need to sneeze or cough. If you don't have a mask, it's too late. In fact, I believe I heard you cough a few times today. I laughed. And uh, <laughs> uh, uh, let's see. John says, uh, with the subject line, Mike is, an I Mike is idiot. 
Uh, hi, can hear Mike coughing on air. Ha ha, don't waste time with uh, idiots. <laughs> and um, is this the same, John? Says, I would question Mike Rouse's lax approach to... Uh, oh, yeah, we've, we've uh, aired that one uh, already. Mike, do you want to... Um, you can take action in emergency for cough and sneeze. You put your face in your sleeve. In fact, that was actually advice at one point, I think, given by someone in the medical and health department. That you go like that when you feel it coming. So there are ways of doing it's it. Easier with a sneeze than a cough, isn't it? Rather than rather than fumbling, rather than fumbling with my mask, which I carry all the time. I have a mask in my bag. It just takes me a couple of minutes to open the bag and get it out of its wrapper and put it on. Okay. And uh, final word goes to uh, Andrew F. Uh, with the subject line local locusts uh andrew f says my local supermarket is exactly like the one your caller just described lines of vans parked outside first thing in the morning ready to spirit away all the toilet rolls wipes <laughs> rice etc it's all gone every day in the first 20 minutes so who are the locusts now jimmy lyon friends i presume in the interest of balanced journalism they'll start running his banner ads attacking us hong kongers for this behavior soon that comes uh, from andrew f thank you very much indeed uh, for that comment and uh, to everyone who sent messages uh, this morning leaving you now with the uh, weather forecast and Mike many thanks to you uh, oh loved well. it especially I'm obviously not just arrogant I've got something where I like attention on myself as well so it was a perfect program okay <laughs> okay the weather forecast fine and dry uh cold this morning and the maximum temperature about 16 degrees uh during the day the outlook mainly fine and dry with cold mornings in the next couple of days temperatures rising gradually in the latter part of the week at the moment we have a strong monsoon signal a cold weather warning a red fire danger warning the readings 11 celsius at the moment and the relative humidity is at 51%. To prevent the spread of disease, make sure all drainage traps contain water. Pour half a liter of water into each drain outlet every week. Check sinks, baths, toilets, and floor drain outlets regularly. If drainage pipes are leaking or blocked, or drain outlets emit a foul smell, arrange prompt inspection and repair by a qualified person. Don't alter drains and pipes on your own. Visit chp.gov.hk for details. And 33, the news now with Samantha Butler. The death toll from the mainland's coronavirus epidemic has jumped past 1,700 after 105 more people died, with 100 of those in hard-hit Hubei province. The province also reported over 1,900 new cases. Japan's economy has suffered its worst quarterly contraction in more than five years at the end of 2019 after a tax hike and typhoons. The nation's gross domestic product in the three months to December shrank 1.6% from the previous quarter. And the French health minister Agnès Bouzin has replaced President Emmanuel Macron's original candidate for mayor of Paris, who was brought down by a sex tape. I'll have more news at 10 o'clock. Stand by for the brew. Uh, sociology prof from the University of Set and Costume Designer, great interpreter of Beethoven, as well. Oh, so shy, quiet, and retiring doggy council co founder of Rockefeller Records. Hello. This is really for adults, it's not really for kids. Yeah, well, it's fun, you know. Decipher what's happening behind the myth. Good morning. In depth interviews and also observations. Absolutely no way. On your radio and live online, this is The Morning Brew. 
Good morning to you and welcome to a brand new week. It is the Morning Brew with me, Phil Whelan. Going to kick it off as usual, 10.10, with all the rugby news from Robbie McRobbie. 10.40 today, going to welcome back, after a year, best-selling author, columnist, now published poet, Tracy Kwan. So we'll have a chat and see what she's been up to all the way from New York. Going to catch up with Canadian adventurer and filmmaker Marcus Pukkanen after 11. Marcus is still travelling 